This episode of the Blackstick Global Podcast is sponsored by Blackstick Global Passport. Join aspiring Black expats, expats, and repats, where you can build community, get resources, and gain support along your journey abroad. You're invited to join Blackstick Global Passport. Inside Passport, you'll find exclusive workshops on everything from expat taxes, financial planning, insurance, job boards, accountability check-ins, and more more. You can even take Passport on the go with our app available for iOS and Android devices. Just click the link in the episode you're listening to or visit blacksitglobal.com and click on Passport. See you inside. Welcome to this special bonus episode of the Blacksit Global podcast, where we are talking about travel health insurance. As you know, travel is back and it is in full swing. But given the pandemic, you have to think very carefully about the risks involved. So in this episode, we are going to talk to none other than Arnitha Webb, who is going to step us through this very important conversation. This is actually one of the webinars that we regularly host in the Blacks the Global Facebook group. So I hope you will enjoy this episode. And should you need travel health insurance, be sure to visit the Blackstick Global website and click the button that says health insurance at the top menu. Close your eyes and imagine living a life you love, unapologetic and unbothered, free from daily microaggressions from Karens and Kens, free from the fear of police brutality and systemic racism. Wouldn't that feel amazing? Now open your eyes. What if I told you that it's possible? Hear inspiring stories and get the actual blueprints from brothers and sisters of the diaspora who are living out their wildest dreams abroad. You've heard the term, now be inspired by the movement. I'm Krishan Wright, and this is Blacksit Global. Hi, hi everyone. And so I'm so glad to be invited here today to talk about insurance, to talk about how we protect ourselves as we plan our moves, our big moves, our exits um, out of the United States, whether you are just traveling frequently, whether you plan on living outside of the United States three months out the year, six months out the year, nine months out the year, or permanently permanently. Hopefully, I'll be able to answer questions on how to mitigate your risk um, in each of those situations. Um, I don't think I need to say that um, the situation is very fluid right now with travel, and it's also very fluid with insurance. So it's really a good thing that we're discussing this because there's a lot of fluctuations it's um, we need to understand the verbiage. We need to understand the policies and what they're covering and how changes are, are taking place um, in, in each country on, on how they're granting entrance. OK, mm-hmm. um, how the rules for visas are, are changing. So I'm glad that we're talking about this today uh, just to give you a real quick background. Um, I've been in insurance for quite a while. PNC, life, health, all of it. Um, But my focus now is international insurance. Uh, I've been, um, I've had the same concerns, the same questions, all of the 
um, everywhere. I've been exactly where you are. And so I look for the same answers and I look for solutions. I think for every challenge, there is a solution and I am solution driven. So hopefully um, I'm going to answer all your questions today, hopefully, yeah, I'm <laughs> as, sure best, as best I can, at least. <laughs> you know, you may even answer questions that haven't even been asked, but, you know, certainly I think in this stage, right, where we are in this COVID environment, top of mind is insurance, how to protect yourself, how to protect your assets, how to protect your loved ones. How do you think about not only travel insurance, but health insurance in your new destination? But I think this situation has um, really brought all of that to bear because we're faced with our mortality in in a very different way than we have been in our day-to-day lives. And so I think it's really timely to have these conversations and also, you know, not to digress, but, you know, as we think about some of these other social issues that have come into play and we think about accumulation of wealth and, and like I said, protecting your assets. And so it's really starting with doing an assessment of how do I think about that and how do I think about that in maybe my next destination and what that means for anyone who may be remaining, you know, stateside or, or right. how that comes to life. So, right. Um, right. so I'm really excited for us to delve into this topic today. Indeed. So Arnita, so let's maybe start with the basics. You know, why is it important at a high level to be insured? You know, insurance, of course, is one of those things we don't want to pay for, but when we need it, we need it. <laughs> you know, no one wants to pay for the car insurance until you get in a car accident. Right. Um, I think, like you said, you know, before, I think prior to COVID, we would we looked at travel insurance as either or it was optional. Right. We bought our airline tickets, our cruise tickets, our uh, vacation packages. And when it came to do you want to add on insurance? We didn't look at it as a big need. Okay, some of unless the trip was maybe, you know, over a certain dollar amount or what have you. Um, But I think now no one should travel without it because you really don't know what you're going to anticipate and because situations are so fluid. But it's really in place so that you don't lose what you've already put out. Number one, you don't want to lose what you've already put out. Number two, in case of something that occurs that is completely unforeseeable, you don't want to draw from your bank account or draw from your savings or have to borrow or have to, you know, um, email someone at home and say, send me a cash app or Apple Pay <laughs> because I fell and broke a tooth or whatever, you know. Yeah, it's so that, you know, you are covered in the event of the unforeseeable. These days, the unforeseeable is sometimes getting on a plane and, you know, when you get on, everything was all clear and then you landed and now there's an issue, you know, with you going immediately from the airport to your destination or you now you have a positive COVID test, you know, at your destination. It's 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 a number of, of things now that are completely unforeseeable. So it's just within our best interest to have insurance. But there's a difference in how we've looked at travel insurance in the past and how in, in the travel insurance that I'm talking about, I think. There's hmm. travel insurance that covers the trip delays, the trip interruptions, the trip cancellations, the lost baggage, all that kind of stuff. That's what comes at the end of when you buy a ticket and it says, hmm. do you want to add on travel insurance? But then there's travel in parenthesis, 
health insurance. And so what's the distinction between protecting, I guess, you know, you in transit versus the travel health insurance? Right. The travel insurance, as we've thought about it in the past, covers that trip leg, usually no more than 31 days. The travel in parenthesis health insurance, and that's how I'm visualizing, that's how I kind of want people to visualize it. You think about your health insurance that you have at home. So you know, you may have a deductible, you know, it covers pretty much anything that will happen to you. That is how we should think of our travel health insurance now. Mm. It's not just about covering the expense of the ticket if there's a, a cancellation or a lost bag. It's about covering you and not you just in in terms of um, a medical emergency. Like I used the, the example of, you know, oh, I tripped and broke my tooth. OK, but covering you if you test positive, covering you mm-hmm. if you, you know, you're you, let's say I, I go over to Spain to live for six months and God forbid I get a diagnosis of a serious illness. OK, that's travel, um, quote unquote health insurance. It is going to work like your health insurance at home so that you can walk into the anywhere and be seen. Also, the travel insurance, as we thought of it in the past, did not guarantee that I was going to have an English speaking doctor. Really? No, it did not. Whereas travel health insurance says Mm -hmm. I'm from the United States. Therefore, I am going to have access to English speaking doctors. Mm-hmm. It is going to give me a a like a concierge service, if yeah. you will, mm-hmm. where I can call 24 seven for mm-hmm. anything. I don't have to just walk into whatever country I am. I'm in. I don't have to just walk into the hospital and hope I can speak the language and and just like, don't know which way to turn. Who do I speak to? Which corridor do I I walk down? I can call my emergency number with my health insurance, my travel health insurance, and they will direct me and guide me and stay with me all through every step of the way. Okay. That's huge. That is huge because I know that there's definitely some popular destinations that people have considered whether it be parts in within the continent, Mexico, uh, Asia has been popular. And so, you know, while there may be English spoken, we just don't know what that means in a hospital setting when right. being able to make a informed decision right. is critical for, and it could be a matter of life and death. And so right. I had no idea that that was even part of that. Would that also then include, say, for example, you were to have an accident or a situation and you needed to then or opted to be then treated back in your home country, let's say it's the United States, would that travel health insurance also have that kind of provision? Yes, they all have that provision to a point, depending on what plan you choose. Hmm. Okay. I'm a broker. So I look at, you know, different companies and different plans and they are all similar and yet different depending on what you add on and what plan you choose. But they all have that to a degree. Just depends on which plan do you choose Mm -hmm. now. um, But to speak to that exactly as it relates to COVID, um, there are a lot of carriers that, okay, we, we know what Europe went through with COVID, Italy, Spain, all the, we know, UK still going through, Germany still going through. So 
let's say I'm over, I'm over in the UK, I get diagnosed with COVID, my symptoms um, are not good, I want to go back to the States. They are handling those repatriations on a case-by-case basis. Really? Yes, they are. Yes, they are. So it's not automatic because of a number of factors, because of border issues, Mm -hmm. because of um, um, they're in such a volatile situation and they have variants. Then it's the U.S. situation. (laughs) It's like, uh, so they're not just saying, okay, um, here are the symptoms automatically they can be um, transported back to the U.S. It is not automatic. It is case by case in the U.K. And that's the thing. With COVID, everything is sort of case by case, country by country, circumstance by circumstance, Mm. plan by plan. One, it makes it confusing. It it underscores why you need someone who who can help guide you through and understand, like, what are you trying to do so they can kind of help them steer in the right direction. But also recognizing that, like you said, this situation, you know, like I said, whether it's travel, health, you know, we'll talk about other types of insurance, that it's so fluid and can change on a dime um, that it's so important to stay on top of like the latest and greatest. (laughs) I think I think that's why. And 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 I know that may the way I answered that may have sounded like, ugh, but it's so that they can handle the more serious cases. Mm -hmm. You think about it, I may not I may have a positive diagnosis and may not feel well, where someone else may be on and I may want to come back to the US, but someone else may be on a ventilator. Mm, Okay. So that case is going to take precedence, get them back to the U.S. as opposed to the person that's, you know, in a few weeks will, will probably be OK. So that's that's the best way to, to kind of bring that into perspective. I personally am very hopeful and very positive about how the world in general, though, is handling COVID in, in, in terms of travel. <laughs> Let me just say that in terms of travel, (laughs) because they are, they're responding and they're responding fast. Mm -hmm. Um, No country wants, think about it. Last year was like a year of, of the world being on lockdown. You know how much money was lost, (laughs) right? Yeah. They don't want that. Yes. Two years in a row. No. And you're right. From a GDP perspective, we've seen you know, certain countries, they they contracted uh, and others initially contracted and then maybe exceeded their previous years, like China, for example, they initially contracted yeah. um, and from a GDP perspective and then yeah. they surpassed it, right? Yeah. But just because they handled the pandemic differently than the United States, for example, um, which we know is, is challenging. Um, but along that line, do you see you know, one of the things that we wanted to discuss in in our chat today, do you see this whole topic of insurance and maybe as an extension of that, now that we have vaccines, several vaccines on the market in different therapeutic areas, do you see like insurance being like mandatory where either airlines or countries are saying in response to COVID, we are not allowing anyone to enter the country without some form of insurance? Absolutely. They're already doing it. 
We're already doing it. Absolutely. Um, there are certain countries you can't enter now without it. And there are visa requirements being changed as we speak. Just even before, um, because I knew we were going to be chatting today, anytime I know I'm getting ready to have a conversation, I go look for updates with my carriers mm -hmm. because things are constantly changing. Now these are, and I always have to say this is as of, as of um, February 19th, because something could have changed in the last 24 hours. <laughs> no, doubt, no doubt. The only constant in life is change. <laughs> exactly. And the countries right now that will not let you in without travel health insurance mm. is Aruba. And Aruba, you have to have uh, coverage up to 75000 I was going to ask, it, are there certain thresholds that you should just think as like baseline standard default insurance threshold? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, so Aruba is 75000 Costa Rica will not let you in without it, okay? And Costa Rica is one of the most popular expat destinations. Yes, it is. It okay. It's on my radar very recently. I think I said it in the group and, and, uh, and to some people that, you know, all these chats that I have with people during the Blacks of Global podcast or in the Facebook group, and I said, you know what? Costa Rica's now on my radar. <laughs> Let me tell you, it, it would it would it would be on my radar if it were not for I'm not I'm a chicken when it comes to quote unquote really living in a tropical environment. I can visit it, but I don't think I could live there. Cause if I see a certain thing, I'm out. So <laughs> I'm chicken. Okay. So anyway, but Costa Rica now mandatory. Mandatory fifty thousand is the, is the the threshold. Okay. So Aruba 75 in Costa Rica. Costa Rica. Yeah. Uh-huh. And for anyone that you send this out to, because I know I'm not sharing a screen, I will do a a handout, a follow-up handout or something for you to put on your website or something. Okay. Yeah. We'll we'll keep them updated. Um, Ecuador, mandatory now. Tahiti, mandatory now. No, Tahiti, you have to attest that you have it. You don't have to show the proof, but when you attest that you have it, you're you're assuming all financial responsibility. So don't ask them for nothing. Ooh. Wow. Saint, <laughs> Saint Martin, um, the UAE, United Arab Emirates, um, Turks and Caicos, Dubai. Abu Dhabi, those are the countries that mandatory, you're not, you're not coming in without proof of health insurance, health insurance for that country. I have to take a second because, you know, I've traveled and I've used health insurance before, but I've never had to think about it in this way. And, you know, I, I originally, I mean, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, it, it does happen and that the borders in Indonesia open because I did have a, a, pl a trip planned, but, you know, it just begs you know, to think about all of the nuances that are factored in because we're thinking, oh, I have to take a COVID test or, or if I've had the vaccine, I have to show proof that I've had, you know, my two doses. Um, and, you know, all of those things, like I'm thinking mentally, like the laundry list of things to prepare yeah. just to whether you're going on vacation or actually planning to do yeah. your either it's either your Blacksit or even your exploratory trip right. or your Blacksit. Right. Either way, you there yes. there's a laundry list it sounds like health insurance. You need to stay top of mind. So I know we have a, a question that came through in the chat from Lorinda. Thanks for the question, Lorinda. 
is travelers health insurance different from international health insurance? Good question, because these titles are confusing a lot of people. Mm. They really are. Um, No, same thing. Travelers health insurance and and key thing is having health in there, because Mm. if you many times if you're just like Googling travelers insurance, again, you're you're coming up with information um, and results that are only talking about the travel insurance that's covering the leg of your trip the bags, the cancellations, all the things I mentioned before. So a key thing is putting that word health in there. However, I do want to say there is a caveat here, okay? Because another interchangeable title is global health insurance Mm. or expat insurance, right? Expat insurance, global health insurance, international health insurance, travelers health insurance. Four terms. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Got my head uh, on the swivel. It's like, like, like yeah. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. And it depends on how the carriers are using these terms. Mm. For example, I have a carrier that uses the term uh, travel insurance, Patriot travel insurance is 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 what their 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 uh, packages and then they have global insurance so a lot of people who are doing their black sit if they go to to the site and they quote they're like well you know i'm doing a black sit this is not some two month trip a one month trip i'm going to stay mm-hmm. or you know at least more than 6 9 months or whatever you know a year and so they automatically jump to global insurance they think, well, that's the the international package. That's what's going to cover me, right, in that country. With them, when you quote the global insurance, you are quoting at a threshold that's starting at a million dollars, and you're quoting for like an entire hemisphere. When they're using the word global, they're not talking one country. They're talking an entire multitude of countries, an entire region of the world. When they say global. So with them, the Patriot travel insurance is for the person that may be only going for 30 days Mm -hmm. or the person that may be staying for up to three years. You're customizing it and you're customizing it for the country you're going to. So you would want to keep like if you're planning, you know, like for me, I'm planning on perhaps country hopping. You know, mm-hmm. leaving the country, but spending, you know, maybe three months in one place, six months somewhere else. Absolutely. So it, it makes sense to then think very strategically about where you plan on going and then having, you know, the right insurance to meet that need. Exactly. So yeah. like the so so the the um, Patriot uh, plan is perfect for that. Um, they do have a, a globe hopping plan too, but I like the Patriot plan because it's so you're in such control. So if you're going to go to a country for three months, you go and you quote and you go, okay, I'm in, um, I'm in Costa Rica for three months. You can either buy that three month plan up front, or you can even buy that month to month and just renew it at the end of oh. each month. Yeah, you you're really DIY. You you know you're doing. <laughs> <your job. laughs> And then, oh, I'm going to go over to to Aruba mm-hmm. for a month. I'm going to be there. Okay, so now switch that to cover you in Aruba for a month. Oh, mm-hmm. I want to go over to Austria. Now I'm going to go to Austria and I'm going to stay there for two months. Now do the next two months for Austria. With their plan, you can really, as you are navigating, and, and because like you're, you, you plan on doing that, 
I had an, a full itinerary when I had a plan like that, but then I had, I wanted some flexibility. So sometimes I, I decided, oh, I'm not going over to Prague. I'm going to stay here a little longer. I'm, you know, next I'm going to go here. I'm going to switch some things around with that particular carrier. And since you're in such control, you just go right into your port, your portal, your, my IMG portal. Oh, wow. <laughs> you go right into, you don't even have to call me. You go right into your portal and go and just, you know, e- extend your stay somewhere mm-hmm. or say the next month I'm going to be in Austria and you get your policy for Austria. Oh my gosh, I didn't realize that it's that easy. So one question I have as a follow-up, because this is a great, uh, you know, conversation that we're having. So let's use that as an example. And I'm in Austria and I've kind of done the country hopping thing. I want to come back stateside for a period of time. Is it typically that your whatever insurance you use, but let's use the Patriot one, for example, when you go back to your home country, the country that you have your passport from, is that insurance not valid in your home country when you're at home or is there variance? Yeah, it's it's variances by carrier, hmm. but um, I, with Patriot, I think if you come back to the states for like two weeks, it'll cover you for like that two weeks, but then not unless you then switch it over to that you're in the U.S. Wow. Now, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Understand that the United States is one of the most expensive countries for health insurance. Yes, it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No doubt about that. <laughs> yes. So, um, so keep that in mind. Secondly, um, typically your international insurance, as a rule of thought, don't think of it as covering you when you come back to the states. It is only covering you when you're outside of the country. Yeah, that's an important mm-hmm. distinction. It's it really is. When when a carrier, an international carrier like IMG is offering U.S. coverage, it is usually for people who are entering the United States who are not U.S. citizens. Ah, okay. That is also very important to know (laughs) because typically, and I'm thinking, you know, and I mean, everybody knows I have not made, well, while I do travel uh, or did before COVID, (laughs) I've not lived abroad as yet Uh is, you know, a lot of times people talking about, you know, wanting to leave everything behind, either moving abroad, you know, and deciding to start over somewhere, either they have a job or don't have a job being a nomad And so as I'm thinking through what you're saying, it's very important to factor in. You may be also saying, okay, I'm leaving the U.S. You don't have any more health insurance. I now have this global coverage. And it sounds like being clear on the fact that that global coverage does not cover you when you do travel back, which most people do travel back to the States to visit family or attend with business or whatever it is. Um, so it is very important to be clear on that distinction because you could find yourself in an, a really unfortunate set of circumstances, like you said, because healthcare in the United States is, even when you have health insurance, is expensive. But I think yeah. the thing that you're underscoring is to really read the fine print. Depending on what country you're going to, a lot of times um, people will look at it like, well, healthcare in general is very cheap in that country. So, eh. I'll for well, 
in some countries, you're not going to have the option of foregoing this anymore because again, yeah. they're, they're changing this. Yeah. But a lot of, but the thing is, it, it has been, you know, I don't necessarily have to have health coverage because it's so cheap. If I, if I, you know, break a tooth or, or, or whatever, I can pay out of pocket because it's very cheap. And that is one way of approaching it. But uh, again, the health insurance is meant for you to have quote unquote special treatment mm-hmm. <laughs> is meant for you not to necessarily just walk into the 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 local um clinic or the the their government hospital and and hope for care or or you know try to get taken care of is so that you pretty much have carte blanche and you know that you're getting taken care of and you know that you're going to get the best is so that you know if you need a hospital room you have a hospital room and it's of a certain standard you know that your drugs are definitely covered you know that if something if it's something more serious than a broken tooth that you don't have to panic. And I think for me, when it was one, it was one thing when I was sort of just doing my exploratory trap, then when you start thinking about really black sitting, Mm -hmm. like really covering your behind, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, like for real, for real. (laughs) Yeah. If if we're, if we're talking about insurance in this context, we would hope that you're like, right. Thank you. Thank you. You want to be able to at least have that peace of mind because that's what insurance does. It's just, it it, it mitigates the risk and gives you peace of mind, obviously not carte blanche to run run around reckless, but also to know that in the event that something were to happen that you're taken care of um, in a manner that, you know, you would maybe as close as you could get, or in some cases better than you would in your home country. Um, So with that, I know there was another question. Adalia, many foreign carriers seem to have lots of waiting periods. Very true. If you develop a condition after the waiting period and want to switch providers, does that condition now count as a pre-existing condition? In this situation, is it better to stay with the company where you survived the wait period before developing the illness? That's a great question. I don't have any carriers that have wait periods, so I'm not familiar with those. Maybe that's why I didn't select them because they had wait periods. I don't know. I don't need a multitude of carriers. I just need some good ones. I don't have any that have waiting periods. Um, so I'm not familiar. The only waiting period that um, I have with a carrier has to do with income protection, which is yeah. another type of policy that maybe we'll have time to talk about. But in terms of your health coverage, all of the health carriers that I have are day one once you're insured. Now, that said, Let's talk about pre-existing, 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 depending on what policy, which carrier and what policy you're applying for determines how they look at pre-existing, pre-existing, but managed, if you will. Mm, okay. Is, is really not a, it's, it's almost a non-factor in a sense, pre-existing, but with no hospital stays within the last 60 days is another factor. Now, I'm not an underwriter for these carriers. So I'm giving you the broad view that underwriting will look at. (laughs) I'm not the underwriters, but this is how, if I'm taking an application, if I'm looking at an application and and being familiar with just in general, what the underwriters will look at for a pre-existing, yeah, if there's no, usually no hospital stay within 60 days, um, 
and whether or not the the underlying condition is managed. The carriers that I deal with, you only your medical exam, if one is even required, because it's not required for everyone. Hmm. If it is required, it is only required at time of application. That's it. You don't go through medical underwriting again. So even if your health was to decline, it's a non-factor. You're still covered. And with one of my carriers, there is even an option to to go into a category of just being um, covered for your lifetime. If you get your coverage before the age of, I think it's 65 with them, and you keep it for at least 10 years, I think it takes you into a category of you're just covered for life. You don't even renew anymore. You're just wow. life. Yeah. So these policies, quote unquote, international health insurance mm-hmm. policies, again, there are tons of options. The most important thing is to look for one that covers your needs. That is the most important thing. If you have a chronic condition, make sure it covers your condition, you know, what your needs are. If you know you have certain certain things that run in your family, if you know cancer runs in your family, it makes no sense to buy an international health plan that doesn't cover cancer treatments. Mm. God forbid, God forbid if you get a cancer diagnosis and you're living outside of the United States you don't want to have to come back to the United States just for that. You want to be able to be covered for whatever it is you need. You also, another thing that's a huge factor is mental health. Okay. You want to make sure that, you know, any type of mental health is covered. You want to make sure if you get pregnant, childbirth is covered. All of the things that come along with just living the different stages of our life is what you're looking at in these plans. And you you just want to make sure that the plan is speaking to your specific needs. Okay. That is the huge difference between a, a typical travel insurance plan versus a travel health insurance plan. Travel insurance is looking at the short view. Travel health insurance is looking at the long view. Yeah, that is huge. I mean, that was like light bulb. Because <laughs> I'm like, wow. You know? And that's why I love having these conversations because it is such an education, you know, and, and also for me as well is it also illustrates why it's helpful in my mind that the value add of having someone like you step us through what the different nuances are in the decisions and the factors when making, you know, you know, considering and comparing, because mm-hmm. you have obviously more relationships with these carriers and understand mm-hmm. you know, the technical mm-hmm. terms versus, mm-hmm. you know, obviously in this, this internet age, everything's on demand kind of DIY. You could DIY yourself into a the misinformation, right? Into misinformation in a situation that could have been avoided had you had proper counsel. So yeah. I hope that, you know, everyone, and, and I see the questions coming in, that the big takeaway is really having, you know, someone who understands your situation and understands the nuances of the industry and obviously all of the, the changes and, and keeping a pulse on those. 
um, to guide you through, you know, what is a very, very important decision mm-hmm. to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. So I know there was another question from Lorinda. Do you recommend a particular type of international policy to cover urgent care or ER visits for visits to the U.S.? I know you talked about like a two-week distinction for the U.S., um, For but that actually is a, is a great question. So say you were abroad and I know you mentioned that most policies don't cover you when you come back to your home country, but say you were to come back for an extended period of time, three months, let's say, um, how do you have to think differently about that insurance um, for that time period? You have to, I would assume that my international plan is not going to cover me if I'm coming back for that length of time, because most of them are not. They are they are meant for those who travel extensively, live or work abroad. It, they, it cannot replace a U.S. policy for a U.S. citizen. Got it. So if you are a U.S. citizen, which most people in the group are, and they are coming home for an extended period of time and they don't have, you know, the only policy they've had or maintained is some type of international policy. How do you protect yourself when you're home and you may not qualify for maybe certain programs that are government, you know, funded programs. You, you are, you're going to have to rely on what the, what the U S offers. Wow. That is huge. That is huge. Yeah. yeah. I, that's really what happened to me. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I didn't think I was going to be back this long, but yeah, you have to rely on, you have to go back to life as it was before you left and go and apply for U.S. insurance. Oh, okay. So that means like something like getting on to the uh, health exchange. The health exchange and yeah. Got it. Is just your mere re-entry into the country for an extended period of time. Would that qualify as a qualifying event for you to get insurance? But, or should you be thinking, and I'm really trying to, to really benefit the masses here. You know, if you're coming back, should you be paying attention to when open enrollment is for the health exchange so that you time it if you are going to come home, maybe you want to come home around October because it's open enrollment. <laughs> yeah. Yes and yes. Okay. Again, <laughs> again, every every everyone's situation is different. Mm. If it is really pertinent to me to not have any gaps in my coverage. Yeah, I would definitely plan my calendar like that. It's a real individual decision. Your international plans are just that international plans meant to cover you outside of the United States, period. There are some plans that are not even going to cover you for one day back into the United States. They just do not enter into the realm of what the the U.S. insurance world and, and cost are. They just don't even go there. So, yeah, think of your international insurance as just that. It's really meant for you outside of the U.S. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, some policies will cover you for those short stints back. You know, again, you have to make sure yours yours does. And one thing I do want to mention because of COVID, don't assume that all carriers are including COVID-19 just yet because they are not. They're not all automatic. It's not, it hasn't been done. This is why as a broker, I'm constantly having to look at the updates and look at what's changing. And also don't assume that it's covering you for a mandatory 
quarantine. So let's say you arrive in a country, you wasn't expecting for them to say, um, we're going to transport you over to this hotel and you're going to have to stay here for seven days. Yeah. And a lot of them are doing it now, Canada, Thailand. And I think the, the UK is also considering uh, that because of the, the new strain there. Yeah. So yeah. That yeah. is reality. Yeah. So a lot of policies are not covering the mandatory quarantining. They are covering the COVID diagnosis, the 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 um the care, your health care, your mm-hmm. treatment. That's what they're covering if they include COVID. Okay. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure when you select the policy that it is not excluding COVID. Okay. You want to make sure it's not excluding it. And if it's including it, you just want to make sure, okay, yes, I see it. It's covered. Um, Because even, even if you went into uh, the link that you're providing and you were selecting, let's say a a travel plan today, because you're, you're going um, somewhere. um, As you are customizing it, you'll come up with options. Okay. The First two, I believe, does not include COVID. Mm. You have to make sure you select the one that includes COVID. So really, you know, it's important to really not to take your time and read what it's including. Yeah, they're they're, they're making it clear. They're not hiding it. So it's not like you got to read through pages of, of a fine print. Really, if it's included, they're letting you know up front. It's usually going to be in bold print. Yeah. Um, bullet pointed, but it is something to to be mindful of, especially if you um, 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 are getting ready to travel. And another thing that I've heard um, that even though, like, I provided a, a list of countries that are clear and have already put out the 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 directives that they are not letting anyone in without the health insurance, there are other countries that people are not finding out this until they get there. Wow. Yeah. And that's unfortunate because you want to go on, let's say, because I've been considering it actually a few times uh, going on vacation. I'm like, oh, is it worth the hassle? Because I don't want to get swabbed. And then what if I have to quarantine? And then you're thinking, oh, I'm going for, you know, five days or whatever. So my, my daughter can go to her dad's, the dog can be boarded. And then it becomes a three week endeavor because you land and then they're like, oh, mandatory quarantine. You have to quarantine. Yeah. Yeah. From yeah. the U.S. and yeah at your own expense. And yeah. so yeah. or we're gonna yeah. or we have some documents for you to sign True. to waive waiving <laughs> any liability on us. Or, you know, we're gonna send you over to this office before you can get through customs and you're gonna have to buy health insurance right here in this office mm. because we're not letting one anyone in with the health insurance. You know, it's yeah. that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, that's happening important to read the fine print. I just remember last year and that was my last international trip. I went to Australia and New Zealand and, you know, and I, my cousin and I, this was a a trip we did together and leading up to it. She's in Texas. I'm in New Jersey. And we were really paying attention to the wildfires because that was really what was going on in Australia. And I was like, Oh, I got to get some, you know, travel insurance because, you know, you know, the wildfires, I believe, started in like September of last year. And then as start, we started getting to the back or of 2019, I should say, now that we're in 2021. Yes, yes. But, um, but as we started getting to the tail end of 2019, then there was the talk of COVID. And I was like, okay, now I have to get it. And then because I had gotten it before 
the it was labeled a pandemic, I was covered. And now, yes, I was covered for that trip. And I had, you know, another trip planned uh, later in the year that is now moved to, to this year, hopefully, fingers crossed. But one of the things that I realized is I didn't get the cancel for any reason. And I also had, you know, come back to the States, had started a new job. And then three weeks later, I was sent home because of COVID. And then three months after that, we all got terminated. So I'm like, oh, okay. Now, you know, the policy has a, you lose your job and, you know, um, exclusion. But the the nuance there was like, oh, well, you had to have been in that role for a year in order to be able to be covered. So there's so much fine print in all that is to say, there's so much fine print that, you know, it's not like one of those click the button and accept cookies or, you know, kind of glance over things like these are decisions that can have material impact on your day to day uh, ability to move about or decisions related and impacts related to your financial picture. And I spent a lot of time (laughs) paying attention to my financial picture and planning that. But it's just to illustrate the importance of taking the time really being strategic, really getting good counsel. And I hope everyone is getting value out of this conversation today. Um, I do too. I mean, I I think that's why I said from the, from the beginning, I was really happy that you saw this as a, an important topic and that you brought it to your group because I think it's important. I mean, (laughs) you know, but um, yeah, you just don't want to see us, um, running into unnecessary, unnecessary challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, when it's just, it's really about what you said. You keep using the key word strategy. It should just be part of your strategy. Um, it's more important. I would, I would think it's more important to let's, let's say hypothetically, um, the plan that you need costs you an additional hundred dollars a month. Mm-hmm. It is so worth it. It yeah. is <laughs> so incredibly worth it. Yes. It's like, look, just factor that in. That's, mm-hmm. you know, your hair appointment. I don't know. Just factor yeah. it in. Phone bill, whatever. Yeah, know. whatever. It's yeah. it's critical. And if we if we have time, I would like to just touch on income protection as well. I have this thing, women building wealth internationally, and it's it's a whole long term game for me. And and income protection is part of it because a lot of times when we go outside of the country, we are um, oftentimes going because of a job. Um, maybe we got an offer to work abroad or something. But even when it's not that, I think we're even going to see a decline, actually, in international companies uh, extending those offers. And that's only because mm-hmm. a lot of countries are being pressured to hire from within because the 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 economic impact that has occurred because of COVID. So they're saying, look, hire within, don't go outside. You know, it's a whole thing. And then remote work is also another factor that, you know, we don't have to bring maybe a person, everyone into the country. But anyway, that's a whole other thing. Income protection, the way it works is like, it's like international unemployment insurance. If you get a diagnosis or for any reason are unable to report to work, you get a temporary disability. That's a, you know, that's one of our terms here in the U.S., right? Temporary disability. 
you are temporarily disabled, uh, you broke your leg, or you got a, a diagnosis, you got to undergo treatments, or you whatever, you're temporarily uh, disabled. And um, so you, um, you know, you can't, you're not drawing your full income. Mm-hmm. Well, if you have an income protection policy, then 70, up to 75% of your income can be replaced by that policy while you're out of work. Now, one of your um, members mentioned waiting periods. Now for income protection, there is a waiting period, okay? Either three months or six months is typical. So you, once you get past that uh, deferment period is what they really call it, um, then you start receiving checks up to 75% of your, of your salary while you are out of work. So it's like your international unemployment insurance. For a family, even for a single person, um, but especially for families or just, you know, um, um, single moms or whatever, that could be the difference on you having to move back home. That's so true. how That's I look so at that. True. If all of a sudden I'm working and now I've lost my income, how do I stay in this country? Yes. And, and, and I can't work. So, mm-hmm. That's that's the kind of, of risk that you're protecting with the income protection. Now, there is a age thing. You can't apply for it. You have to be under 55 and it only covers for incomes up to like 100 and 145,000, 144,000. Um, in a nutshell, that's what it will cover. So imagine, you know, you're working overseas and, and, and your company does all these layoffs our terminations because of COVID didn't want to come back to the U S you kind of, it's like, okay, you know, like I always say, had I, had I had the foresight of COVID happening, I would have stayed in Barcelona and just wrote it out there. I really would have, I would have wrote it out there. That's how I feel about New Zealand. I'm like, man, two more weeks. I would have just been chilling there. Okay. I just wish I would have known. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I would have (laughs) known. I would have stayed put. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Nobody knew it was going to be this long. Nobody knew. My budget would have stayed nice. You know? <laughs> I would have stayed. I'm like, here, just spending money. To oh, breathe. man. But that's the thing. <laughs> like, the, I, I think, you know, we're, we're laughing, but the, the real thing here is no one has a crystal ball. And so while you might go abroad and have a, you know, greater quality of life, right? That's what we're all aspiring for. To, to obtain, but also a lower cost of living. The reality is, and at least I can speak for myself, when I journey abroad, I also will have a daughter who will be in college. And while I am, you know, fortunate that I'll be making my move debt free, I will still have, you know, financial obligations that I would need to cover for her education. And so while my cost of living expenses might be like little, I also still have to keep in mind that I have other obligations in the States. And so I think what what I am taking away from the illustration that you have on the income protection is being mindful of what your picture really is and what those obligations are. So that you're able to say, okay, if I have to exist on 75% of what I'm making in this country, does that allow me to continue to live here as well as if this applies to you, tend to those additional obligations that I may have back in my home country? You hit it on the head. I know Francis had a question and I know we're, we're getting up against time. 
Francis says, ask, do the policies cover prescriptions that you take on a regular basis? Which that one definitely applies to me. <laughs> yes. Oh, great. When I said, you know, the the way we used to look at travel insurance, you know, covering those trip cancellations and delays and the, 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 the right and the baggage and whatever versus the travel health insurance, the travel health plan, you can look at it like your health plan in the U.S. Mm. Yes. Like, are your prescriptions covered? Yeah. Yes. Is that emergency room covered? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, do I have a, a copay? Depending on your plan. I can pick a plan with zero copays and never put out a dime. Wow. Okay. Or do I do I mind having a copay? Do I want to only have a deductible of $250 or do I want to have a deductible up to $1,000? It's very similar. You, the whole part of it is so similar to, to how you're picking your insurance here in the U.S. The international plan is going to add on some things like it's going to add on repatriation things like, you know, if you need to be um, a- or if you're ambulatory and need to be brought back, if you are if you need to evacuate a country, it's going to have that type of um, additional um, add ons to it, um, ensuring that you are, again, the language barrier non-existent with these policies. They're making sure you are talking to English speaking Mm. um, 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 doctors. They're making sure that your, um, whatever standard of care your plan is covering, you know, you are getting. Um, What other things? A lot of them also add on term life insurance policies Mm. with them. You know, those, those are some additional things that we're not accustomed to seeing in our, in our, um, health insurance at home, but they are, these plans are super comprehensive. They cover a lot, a lot for your, for your dollar. In my opinion, when I compare apples to apples, I find that they cover way more in their pot, in their plans than our plans do. Um, apples to apples yeah i mean it's, it's really, i'm like is it really apples to apples because it, right. it just makes me want to go even more you know and it's not to instill fear in people it's right. to underscore using real life examples that have yeah. happened yeah. why these conversations are so important yeah. these plants also cover things like um identity theft they also wow. cover lost passports mm-hmm. um they also cover a lot of consulate services so mm. they are very comprehensive they're they, they are different than your um standard travel insurance mm-hmm. also also i want mm-hmm. to make sure your members know that if you have had a covid a positive diagnosis Mm-hmm. And you go to apply for your travel health insurance, your international health insurance. Um, the length of time you have been in recovery is going to matter. You cannot apply if you um, if it's been like within 30 days. Oh, you're going to be denied. Interesting. 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 Okay. That also, that kind of question is is being put now into life insurance applications as well. Okay. Really? Yeah. 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 Wow. Oh my yeah. God. So much and even, yeah. Even, even for life insurance that are, has nothing to do with your international life insurance because there's U.S. life insurance and then there's also international life insurance as well. Hmm. But even with the U.S. 
um, carriers, now that question is hitting the applications. Um, have you had a positive COVID diagnosis? Has the last date, is, is they're wording it, different companies are wording it differently. Mm -hmm. But basically, your recovery, if a, if a doctor says, yes, now you're negative, has it been more than 30 days from that date? If That's you say true. no, automatic knockout. That is huge. And again, if um, I make myself available to to answer questions all the time, I don't mind at all. So I know it's a it's a convoluted area, but we need the information. Absolutely, absolutely. we need it. Thank you for listening to the Black Sea Global Podcast. For more information on today's episode, be sure to visit our website at blacksaglobal.com. Has this episode left you feeling inspired to begin your journey, but not quite sure where to start? Download our free guide with the top five questions you need to ask before planning your Blacksit. You can find that under the resources tab of our website. Remember, it's not only possible to live out your dreams unbothered and in full color, it is your birthright. Are you trying to sort out health plans, banking, VPN, and other connectivity for your move abroad? Well, have no fear. We've got you with the Move Abroad Starter Kit. Get yours today at blacksitglobal.com resources. That's blacksitglobal.com resources.